Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. And today we'll be discussing John chapter 5 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. Uh, the news that I have today is that just a couple Game of Thrones stars, they have opened up about the horrendous experience filming torture scenes for real. So this is going to be a spoiler alert. Um, yeah. If you have not watched the show, I suggest you skip ahead like five minutes. Yeah. So Lena Headey, who is the one who plays Cersei, and Hannah Waddingham, uh, she plays the... The Septa. The Septa. Mm. Yep. The head Sparrow, Septa, whatever. Um, and apparently they had a traumatic waterboarding scene that actually was turned into a real waterboarding scene. So the actors discussed how challenging it was, and they found shooting the scene very traumatic. I can um, imagine. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, Septa Unella, when that happened. Hmm. So Is that the... That's the shame That's one. the one? Shame. Uh, okay, thank you. That sits shame. there. Confess! Yes. What did they say about it? Did they say anything else? Or that just, just that it was traumatic? Just that it was traumatic. That's all the article has. It's all ads. That's crazy. <laughs> it's from Independent Co. Hmm. I kind of want to do more research on that and see, like... What they actually have to say about it. Yeah, that's probably... Like, there weren't, like, body doubles or something? They actually had to do that? Good acting. No, but even then, like, the the body doubles would be traumatized. That's what I'm saying. But it sounds like... Yeah, they're paid to be traumatized. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They are. It's true. (laughs) Cool. But... Uh, there's no Martin message. Come on, George. And? (laughs) Yeah... (laughs) Um, all right, last episode, um, Tyrion had his trial by combat and came out victorious. So Tyrion Lannister is free. This episode, or this week, John and some of the other trainees are at Castle Black and they receive exciting news that only makes John, or that not only makes John happy, but also sad because his promises he has to keep. He sounded like Yoda. <laughs> Promises he must keep. He must keep promises. <laughs> um, the wine we're drinking today is called Outlander. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. Sauvignon. We need Hannah back. It's like Highlander. Yeah, for all the French. Okay, yeah, pour this wine. Uh, all right, listen, I'm gonna read our. I'm not excited for the cab. I'm gonna read our 16th wine rule. Can I read my wine rule, Christopher? Cabs here. Cabs here. Cabs here. All right. All right. Rule number 16. Um, JonBenet's new wine rules book. It is most wine is natural. Most wine is also not natural. I think this is like the second part because we said the first part last week. So um, it says most wine is natural, meaning that it is fermented grape juice with no artificial flavorings or colorings. It's much more complicated than that, though. So modern winemaking involves fine-tuning and modifying the chemistry of wine in ways that can be artisan and or industrial. So this might involve tweaking the acidity in wines by adding organic acids, and it also might involve adding yeasts or yeast nutrients to help with fermentation. What's an industrial wine? How about you look that up while I read the last point of this? That's confusing to me. Are you going to look it up? Yeah. Okay. And then... The third point was um, sulfur dioxide is also a routine part of winemaking, which is something we will talk about in a future rule. Do you have the industrial wine? 
Oh, industrial wines like mass-produced wines. Oh. oh. That makes more sense. Yes, it does. So like Franzia would gotcha. probably not be an artistic wine. Probably be pretty industrial. Barefoot. Bag. Gotcha. Yeah, barefoot. Uh, Sutter's. That's the kangaroo one, right? Sutter's. Sutter's, yeah. Um, not yeah. St. Julian's. Not St. Julian's pretty good. All right. I'm going to start. So this chapter takes place at the Night's Watch. The recruits are being trained in the yard with Sir Alistair Thorne. Surprise, surprise. <sighs> he informed them that Guerin is marching five new boys up to the King's Road. Alistair has decided to pass eight of the recruits along to the Lord Commander to prepare them. He calls them by their nicknames, the ones that are going to make it. He, there is Toad, Stonehead, Oryx, Lover, Pimple, Monkey, Sir Loon, Lover, and last but not least, the Bastard. So... I'm confused, though. I don't know why he didn't just say Lord Snow, because that's, like, his nickname yeah. for him. Or Bastard Snow, or yeah. any of them. Not anymore. the Bastard. Have we... Yeah, we've definitely gotten... We've passed the part where he's like, don't call me Lord Snow. Oh, yeah. So yeah. what the... Okay. Whatever. All right, Alistair. The, the worst name is probably Pimple. The best name yeah. is probably Lover. I like Sir Loon. That's fine. I mean, I know I like it. These I like are Toad. normal names. Stonehead, not that bad. Toad's Mon- okay. Monkey's like Toad. fine. Monkey's fine, but Pimple. All right. That's, Pimple's just gross. I will only respond to Toad now. And okay. why is the one called Lover? That's weird. Chris, you're Oryx. Maybe he's. I might work. Maybe he's a lover. Because you're big. <laughs> Isn't Toad big? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm well, a big bitch too. Toad's pretty big. Maybe I'm Stonehead. <laughs> what would I be? You're Pimple. <laughs> You open this can of worms, Man, and now you have to live with the That is not what I was expecting you to say. How about, say how about the bastard? Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> Feeling the love. Which one's better? I can't tell. I mean, do you want to be lover? You could be lover. Uh, definitely pimple. Okay. Well, I'm pimple, guys. It's fine. All right. Change so, your name in my phone as we speak. Alistair leaves them with this. He says... They will call you men of the night's watch now, but you are bigger fools than the mummer's monkey here if you believe that. You are boys still, green and stinking of summer, and when the winter comes, you will die like flies. What are you laughing at? Why'd you have to do, like, a cliffhanger on that one? He leaves them with this. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. do you think I'm kidding, watch. What? Oh, man. (laughs) She changed my name and her phone to Pimple. I kind of like it. It's fitting. It's a... (laughs) I'm not pimply. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we gotta move on from these oh, names or we're God. not gonna finish. Okay. Anywho, so after Alistair leaves, the boys celebrate with each other, laughing and joking around. I think it's great that he just leaves. Yeah, he just He's says... He's like, you're all gonna die. You're gonna die. <laughs> Peace. And then just leave. Alistair's just mean. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay, not, so... I'm not his biggest fan. When Alistair leaves, the boys celebrate with each other. They're laughing and joking around. And in the midst of it, John notices Sam standing all alone, and he goes to offer him some wine. Uh, Sam refuses, but says he is very happy for them all, and that he thinks John will be the first ranger someday. And you can kind of tell he's really down in the dumps about not being picked. Like, I feel like he had an idea that he wouldn't be, but, like, not hearing his name kind of, like, cemented it, you know? Yeah. So, he's just feeling feeling a certain type of way. He's acting like a real Steven Glansberg. Man. <laughs> standing all alone. You're going to be kicked out. <laughs> um, so we need a new uh, third podcast host if anyone is looking. Yeah. Um, send your applications in right now. Throw that out there. 
Whatever, man. <laughs> I, you know what? I, ch- I changed my opinion on the names. You are now Pimple. I'm Pimple? Yes. What does that make me? Still Pimple. <laughs> pimple number two? <laughs> pimple one and Pimple two. I just want to call you I'm going to get pimple. those shirts. No. Pimple one, Pimple two, and Pimple three. We're all Pimples. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get a shirt that say that. Watch it happen. I love it. Okay, <laughs> it's gonna be our first merchandise, guys. Pimples, pimple one and pimple two. <laughs> hey man, I'd buy it. I don't know about y'all. I love it. I'd buy it. Okay. Out. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. So while John is talking to Sam, I can't do this. Pip comes up and snags the wine from John, and all of a sudden, they are in a snowball fight. When John finally gets free, he notices that Sam is gone. No! (sighs) So the eight soon-to-be brothers get a special meal that night to celebrate, and Chris and I thought this was... This sounded delicious. It does sound good. A rack of lamb baked in a crust of garlic and herbs, Mm. garnished with sprigs of mint, and Mm. surrounded by mashed yellow turnips... Swimming, swimming in, in butter. butter. Mm. They also had spinach salads and iced blueberries swimming in cream. Sweet cream. Ooh. That sounds amazing. Hey, frozen blueberries? That sounds really good. Mm. Have you ever had frozen grapes? Yes. Mm. I don't understand. It's cold up there. <laughs> that's why the blueberries are frozen. <laughs> oh, that's what makes it's just normal blueberries to them. It's not like regular. <laughs> why? Okay. Can, can we have a warm dessert? We need to... No. <laughs> it's the north. Nothing's warm. <laughs> this is the north. So the rack of lambs is ice cold. <laughs> right. <laughs> Enjoy it. God. The butter's like just it's a, a fat, slab of butter. It's a fat <laughs> butter, frozen butter. Smothered in it. Ooh. All right. So as the boys feast, they discuss what they think their assignments will be. So I looked up on the wiki, um, there's three different positions that you can get, a ranger, a builder, or a steward. So the rangers are the main fighting force for the wall. They can survive in the wilderness, and they are tasked with scouting and patrolling the haunted forest beyond the wall. They actively defend the wall and ride out to face the watch's enemies, including wildlings and the legendary others. Or the White Walkers, as they're called. Mm-hmm. Currently, the first ranger is Benjamin Stark. Yep. Um, so we actually just had a little conversation about this. What do we, like, do the rangers also, like, patrol the wall? Um, uh, like, are they, like, can they be, like, defense as well? So, so what I understood from what John said in the chapter was that no matter what you get, you still patrol the wall. Gotcha. So he said that. Oh, so no, everyone has yeah, their. He said everyone has like everyone will walk the wall at shift. some point. Yeah. Even the stewards. That's what it sounded like. He said that everyone will have will walk the wall, but some people will have other odd jobs that they will do as well. Okay. And that's that. Okay. He just he just said that in the chapter. So I think that means that everyone at some point has to walk the top of the wall. Yeah. No matter where they're at, if they're at East Watch or where. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, so the second position is builder, and they're responsible for tending to and maintaining the wall and its castles. They provide masons, carpenters, miners, and woodsmen. Uh, woodsmen, I'm sorry. Um, and it says cur- currently, Awful Yarwick 
leads them as the first builder. So for each <coughs> position, it's like first ranger, first builder, first steward, and they're in awesome. charge of Yard. all of them. So is there a second? There's got to be a second then. Like a... Like next up? Like an assistant. Yeah. Or like next up. Like they're... To the regional manager. Their hand. Yeah. Oh. Basically. <laughs> like how I snuck that one yeah, in there. Yeah, I got it. Moving <laughs> on. All right. The third, the third position is steward, and they are responsible for... A lot of different things. So it's basically the day-to-day services. So they hunt, farm, tend to the horses and the cows. They gather firewood. They cook meals. They make clothing. They maintain weapons. And they bring supplies needed by the Night's Watch from the south. Um, And I thought this was interesting. It says here that just like the other members of the Night's Watch, the stewards must also be ready to fight at a moment's notice. Mm. And they have all received at least basic combat training. So I thought it was interesting that it just said um, they bring supplies needed from the south. So like they get to go. Yeah. They get to leave Castle mm-hmm. Black. They I do. mean, maybe not all of them, but you know. Yeah. Well, that tends to my question I was going to have about you saying that he's sending five south, like King's Road. Yeah. On the so King's Road. It doesn't. Do? It like, doesn't say what they're doing. It just said that they're sending five on the King's Road. You th- I mean, do you think it's like that guy that goes and picks up the recruits? From King's Landing, because remember there was that yeah. Yeah. before. So it could be, you know, it could be. Um, and it says currently Bowen Marsh serves as the Lord Steward or the First Steward. That is him. What wasn't Bowen Marsh the one that was um, in King's Landing that told Ned about? Yes. I so that so. would be so yeah, that, that so. answers the question right there. So, so, it's so usually the first. The first, the first steward is the one that goes and picks up the yes. recruits or, or supplies or prisoners yeah. or supplies and brings them back. Okay, yes. makes sense. Okay, um, so as they're talking, they're all convinced that John would be a ranger because he is the best rider and the best fighter amongst them, and because his uncle was, and this is very key, was a ranger. One of them said he was a ranger, mm. and this kind of made the conversation awkward, and John corrects him and says his uncle is the first ranger. He's not accepting the fact that he might be dead. Yeah. He also gets very angry. <laughs> he does. Yeah. So the rest of them, however, are not convinced that Benjamin would return, but John was. So John pushes his blueberries and cream away, and Pip asks if he would eat them, noticing John barely has touched his food. John said, they're yours, and left the hall. Pip follows, asking John uh, what was bothering him. John said that it was Sam, and that he did not get selected and that Alistair would surely train Sam harder now that John was gone, knowing that he wouldn't be able to protect him. Yeah. Um, he knows that the recruits would also not show Sam the same mercies that they had shown him. The, this thought brought John back to the day he left Winterfell and had said goodbye to his family. He thought, Rob with, he thought of Rob with snow in his hair and Arya showering him with kisses before he went north. Oh, I know. Ew. So obviously, Pip Pip's like, we've done everything that we could have done, and John's like, well, it wasn't enough. They've went above and beyond yeah. for him, but you know, John, it's John. John's oh, still not gonna let it go. All we could do was not enough. <laughs> um, but. John left um, Pip and retrieved Ghost and then saddled up his horse. Um, and he rode out quickly with Ghost leading him. Um, and Ghost quickly pulled away from John. And, you know, John was like, eh, go hunt. Go eat. 
It's fine. Have fun. Do your thing. Um, and John kind of thought to himself on this ride that he could just leave. Um, he technically had no ties yet to the watch, um, and he could leave it all behind him. He had not sworn himself in yet, um, and he wouldn't be treated like a traitor. Which, I don't know if I necessarily believe in, that. I still feel like he would still get some sort yeah, of shame. Like, but in the eyes of, like, the king, yeah. he wouldn't be. Yeah. He wouldn't, he he wouldn't be, be, an, he wouldn't uh, be beheaded. Uh, deserter. Correct. Could have yeah, come up with exactly. Um, so he rode along the icy creek um, and thought of the world ahead of him and behind, of Dorne, Cashley Rock, King's Landing, and the Riverlands, all he may never see if he swears... If he swears himself to the wall. So he's seeing the negatives. Yeah. He's right he's overthinking it right now. Well, well he's finally thinking of the negatives because yeah. he never really thinks of the negatives. Because all he did was, like, he wanted to go so like, bad. This is what I'm going to do. And he had no idea what he was getting <coughs> himself into. Um, a voice in his head reminded him that he was only... That there were only his half-brothers. So, like, you know, Cat. Yeah. Cat's got her feelings towards John. Um, and he knows of that, obviously. Um, so he's thinking to himself that he doesn't have a place in Winterfell. Um, that not even his mother had a place for him. Mm-hmm. Um, this thought made John sad um, as to who his mother really was and why his father never told him of her. Because um, right now he, you know, he's a bastard. and Ned has never told him anything right. as far as... Other than, hey, you're my blood. Right. Um, John turned back, and he couldn't see the fires of Castle Black, but he could see the wall. And that's easy enough to lead you back (laughs) to the castle. Um, He turned his horse and headed back for home, and Ghost soon returned to his side as he was riding. Um, And by the time John had reached the stables, he was sure of what he had to do for Sam. Um, So he went up to Maester Eamon's keep, where he... Where he was so old and frail that he lived with two stewards, Chet and Clytus. Clytus. <laughs> I just think that it's important, like the scene where John's thinking about his hat, and like it says he's your half brothers, mm-hmm. but he feels more attached to these guys. Yep. Yeah. I think that's what he that thought. That says in a his lot. Yeah. He doesn't say it in the book like verbatim, but you get that hint of him like, well, they're my half brothers. And yeah. no one really cares about me. You know, my mom didn't even care about me. So. But they do care about you, John. But they do, more than you, you know. know. But he feels that way, so then he feels like, hey, these guys actually care more about me. I have more of a role here than I did yeah. there. Um, so, <clears throat> the stewards were the two ugliest stewards. And the men joked that must be why they are with Eamon, being that he is black. Makes sense. I'm, I'm legally blind. Um, <laughs> um, so John knocks on the door and Chet answers and said that the maester was sleeping. Um, and John puts his boot in the door and insists that he must speak to him urgently. Like it, this is important. Um, and Chet just says, he's old. <laughs> um, let's <laughs> sleep basically. And John's, John replies that he's old enough to treat visitors with more, more respect than this. Um, and Chet still refused, and John just literally was like, I can stay here all night if you want me to. I was leave the door open. <laughs> He's being stubborn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so John sat in the library and made a fire while Chet woke up Eamon, and then they both enter the room. John apologized immediately once Eamon entered the room for waking him, um, and Eamon responds, I love how Eamon responds to this. He goes, 
I notice that the older that I get, the less sleep I need. And with how old that I am and how long that I've lived, I basically don't sleep. Hmm. It's nothing more than a meditation on the past. And trust me, I have a lot of past. Wow. <laughs> so it's it's kind of it's kind of deep, but it's also like, so you tell me you just don't sleep. Yeah. If you think that like, yeah, that, I'm pretty sure when you get older, you need more sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it goes like, it's like a bell curve. Yeah. Um, Eamon asked why this late visit. Um, and John replied that, Sam um, is going to be taken back from training and he won't be another a brother from the Night's Watch. He's asking him to make him a brother of the Night's Watch. And Chet, Chet quickly replied for Eamon, which I think is funny, and said, this is no concern of the Maester. Um, <clears throat> Eamon says, Lord Commander has given that task to Sir Alistair, who decided whether a recruit is ready or not. Not me. Um, John replied that Lord Commander listens to you, Lord Eamon, and he thought that the maester was put in charge of the sick and wounded of the Night's Watch. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, well, is Sam sick or wounded? He goes, he's going to be. He if you don't, it. yeah, if you don't help him, yeah. he's going to be the next sick guy or wounded guy you got. Yeah. Um, John proceeded to tell Maester Eamon all about how, how they protected Sam and... <clears throat> All the things that Ghost did when he Ghost was at Rast's throat. And he finished his pleading by saying, Without us to keep him safe, Sam will have no chance. He's hopeless with a sword. How? I mean, if this isn't like a best friend thing here, yeah. I don't know what is. He's, He's really literally sticking his neck out for him. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Chet says... Uh, Chet says he has seen Sam in the hall and agrees. He is a pig and a hopeless craven. Maester Eamon asks Chet, what would he do with Sam? And Chet says he would have him train until he's good with a sword or he dies, no matter how long it takes. And John says, that's just stupid. Yeah. That's stupid. So you're just wasting a perfectly good asset, pretty mm-hmm. much. I'm going to read from the book here. John took a deep breath to gather his thoughts. I remember once I asked Maester Lewin... Why he wore a chain around his throat. Mace Raymond touched his own collar lightly, his bony wrinkled fingers stroking the heavy metal links. Go on. He told me that a maester's collar is made of a chain to remind him that he is sworn that he is sworn to serve. John said, remembering. I asked why each link was a different metal. A silver chain would look much finer with his grey robes. I said. Maester Lewin laughed. A maester forges his chain with sturdy with with study? He told me. The different metals are each a different kind of learning. Gold for the study of money and accounts, silver for healing, iron for warcraft, and he said there was no other meaning that there were other meanings as well. The collar is supposed to remind a maester of the realm he serves, isn't that so? Lords are gold and knights steel, but two links can't make a chain. You also need silver and iron and lead, tin and copper and bronze and all the rest. All those are farmers, smiths and merchants and the like. A chain needs all sorts of metals, and a land needs all sorts of people. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maester Eamon smiled, and so, I think he's really liking where he's going with this. He, well, I think Maester Eamon knows, like, where he's going with this, but he yeah. wants to he's hear like, John say it. I want you to say it. Come on, yeah. man. Um, and he says, the Night's Watch needs all sorts, too. Why else have rangers and stewards and builders? Lord Randall couldn't make Sam a warrior, and Sir Alistair won't either. You can't hammer tin into iron, no matter how hard you beat it. But that doesn't mean Tin is useless. Why shouldn't Sam be a steward? So Chet gets angry at this mm-hmm. because it takes it as like a personal insult. Yeah, because he's a steward. Right. 
And he goes, it's not easy work. We keep the watch alive. We hunt, farm, tend horses, milk cows, gather firewood, and cook meals. We also make the clothing and bring supplies up from the north, from the south. Mace Raymond turns to John and asks if Sam can hunt or plow a field or drive a wagon or sail a ship or butcher a cow. John answered no to all of these and said, I know one thing Sam could do better than anyone. Mace Raymond says yes. John said he could help you. He can do sums, and he knows how to read and write. I know Chet can't read, <laughs> and Clytus has weak eyes. <laughs> wow. Sam read every book in his father's library. He'd, go, he'd be good with the ravens, too. Animals seem to like him. Um, and he talks about how ghosts took to him straight up, straight away, which I think is... It's saying a lot. That's saying a lot, because ghosts didn't really take to anyone yeah. straight away, except for maybe the Starks. So yep. There's sure. a lot he could do, besides fighting. The Night's Watch needs every man. Maester Eamon took a long pause <clears throat> and finally said, Maester Lewin was, has taught you well, Jon Snow. Your mind is, a, is, a da- is as daft as your blade. It could seem. Jon gets excited and said, Does that mean? And Maester Eamon says, I will think about it. And with that, I think I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> or no. ponder on or my ponder, past. Or ponder, yeah. Well, this is the little bit of sleep he needs, right? Yeah, exactly. Because he's so old. Um, so the discussion questions that we have for this week, um, the first one is, what position would you be? Would you be a steward, a builder, or a ranger? I would be a steward. Same. Well, you said I'd be a builder. I think you could be a builder. I mean, I would like it, I guess. Yeah. I think ranger would be cool, though. But what would you be good at? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I, I build things here, but not... You're a pimple, Chris. You oh, can't okay. be a ranger. I can't be a ranger. <laughs> Pimples aren't rangers, I no. guess. No. I guess I'm a builder. Yes. Yeah. Um, second question is, what do you think John's motivation for is for being a ranger? I think he wants to be like his uncle. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to prove something. And yeah. whether it's to be like his uncle or he just needs to prove that he's, you know... He wants to be first ranger just worthy. like his uncle. Worthy, yeah. Kind of off of you, Chris. I think I think John has a little bit of an ego here and is like, I know that I'm the best fighter, yeah. so I deserve to be a ranger. Yeah. I think, because he's still young, you know. He he thinks a he deserves arrogant. it. Yeah. But yeah, he was arrogant when he started fighting all of them. Yeah. He was like, you guys don't know how to do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's messing people up. But I, I, yeah, I think he's trying to prove. Yeah. That he's worthy of something. Mm-hmm. Last question is, do you think Sam could make it as a steward? I think so. I, I think, think that's so. Kind of he's very smart. Yeah. I think there's a lot more to a steward than just the reading. Yeah. Than just yeah. reading books. Yeah. Now, he could be that if that's all that they let him do. And then they also said, we just said a steward has to be able to fight at any time. Yeah. So he's not able to fight at any time. That's been very apparent. Yeah. Right. So, no. Oh, Sam. I'm gonna say no. Okay. I think. But if he's if if he's gonna be someone's personal steward, I think that would be different. I think he could do that. I think he should be something else. Like what? Oh. Okay. <laughs> no spoilers, Christopher. I don't know. Something where you don't have to fight. Uh huh. Anyway, books all the time. Okay, all right. Um, our Tyrion tidbit for the week. Um, just because I pay you for your services doesn't diminish our friendship. 
he he he. So we'll see that come into place. <laughs> That's very funny. All right, guys, make sure you follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page called Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. We also have a Facebook group called Game of Wines podcast group. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines 1 and on YouTube at Game of Wines podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing Tyrion Chapter 6. So make sure you read that chapter before next episode. Thanks for listening.